His and Hers Horror features two adults discussing horror movies, serial killers, and other spooky content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to His and Hers Horror. My name is Tia. And I'm David. And we're revisiting an old topic again. In a way. Well, okay. So longtime listeners will know that the way we do the show now mm-hmm. is vastly different from the way that we did it when we first started and we didn't know what we were doing. God, we had episodes where we would name like 40 different movies. We would just, it was just word vomit. Blah. So I have kind of been using that as an opportunity to kind of go back and see if there were topics or films that we covered in our early days that maybe we could give a little bit more love to. I'm all about giving more love to something. Cool. That <laughs> The way you said that was weird. Sorry, I've been doing a lot of voiceover recording, so my, my voice is a little rough. I apologize, everybody. No, that's fine. So we are revisiting the killer attractions topic. This is from a previous Spooky Month episode where we talked about like haunted houses and haunted theme park things where you could literally die. Right. You know, amongst those, I think we covered Hell Hell House LLC and... Yeah. And uh, some stuff from video games and a whole bunch of smattering of things. We covered a lot of things. Yeah. Today, we're going to focus on just two films. Yes. And I will forever be in debt to Andrew and Maddie Mm -hmm. from the Friday the 13th podcast for introducing me to... I had never heard of of our first film, uh, Bloodfest. Okay. I had never heard of that movie until they covered it for one of their episodes. And I was like, oh my God, this sounds amazing. And that was when I picked up a copy and just... Which I love it. I'm glad there's physical copies because it premiered on Rooster Teeth's uh, channel first. Did it really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was actually their first film that oh. they ever released on first. Cool. So we're going to cover Bloodfest first. I did that <laughs> thing again where um, both of the movies we're going to cover were released in the same year. And that, again, is it's not my fault. And I don't mean for it to happen that way. I'm sorry. There are many conversations between the two of us where I'm like, hey, I went ahead and watched this. And you're like, wait, what? Did you rent it? And I'm like, no, it was here. And you're like, oh, the other one. Cause That's the, the type- problem with them being two words apart. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we watch Hellfest? Where do I watch Bloodfest? Exactly. Yeah. Bloodfest, if anybody wants to watch it, it is currently available free mm-hmm. on, it's called Freevee. It's yeah. kind of like the new, uh, it's... The new IMDb TV yeah. type deal. Um, but yeah, it's totally free. I don't... Were there ads? I don't remember. I think there are limited ads. Okay. I don't recall it being too obtrusive or Excuse overly me. invasive. Yeah. Yeah. Not like the ones on Tubi can be sometimes. They can be. Tubi's still a great resource for watching stuff for free, though. It's, yeah. So. Especially when I'm like, I am not paying $49 to have this one copy shipped to me from somewhere. Well, and like the whole thing with streaming services is there's so... I don't know how it works in other countries. But the way it works in, in the States is it seems like everybody has their own. So there's there's Hulu, there's Disney+, Plus, there's HBO Max, there's Paramount+, Plus, there's Peacock. Fuck, what's another one that Shutter. I have? Shudder. AMC Plus. Did you mention Prime? Prime. And that's the thing. I have I have AMC Plus through my Prime. And Shudder. And yeah, but well, because I have AMC Plus, I get Shudder and like the Sundance channel. Right, right. And like IFC, I think. I think so, yeah. I just, I, the, oh my God, all the fucking channels that I have. And still sometimes I will have a problem finding something to watch. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about Bloodfest. My God. Yeah. I, as you mentioned, it is a Rooster Teeth production. I don't Mm -hmm. know how many people are familiar with Rooster Teeth. They were initially like a video game website and they did videos and comics and stuff. Yeah. And then it kind of evolved into a lot of productions, uh, both live action and animated. Uh, You had Red vs. Blue. You have Ruby, both very popular. I love Red vs. Blue is basically just using Halo assets. Yes. 
we're so far behind on Ruby. Yeah, we're four seasons behind, I think. Something three, like three that. Three seasons behind. Yeah. But uh, you've also got live action stuff with like Achievement Hunter and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of crossover and, and some pretty good stuff. Yeah. So this was written and directed by Owen Egerton. He actually is also in the movie. He plays Anthony Walsh. Which makes sense. Which totally makes sense. Yes. <laughs> Why not have the director be the director? The director is the director. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we also have Robbie Kay as Dax Conway. He was Peter Pan on Once Upon a Time. Yeah. He's been in some other things, but that's the thing that I know him from. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Batalon is Krill. He's Ned in the MCU. Hell yeah, he is. Seychelle Gabriel is Sam. She's the voice of Asami on The Legend of Korra. Okay. Uh, and then we have Barbara Dunkelman is Ashley. She is the voice of Yang on Ruby. Yes, Yang Long. Yang is, I think, is Yang your favorite? Yeah, like, I, I wanted to say... I love Nora. I know. Well, Nora's in the movie. She pl- she plays Dax's mom. That's the voice of Nora? Yeah, Samantha Ireland. What? Is the voice of Nora. I did not know that. Yeah. I love Nora. There, there's, like, four people, um, at least four people in this movie that do voices on Ruby. Well, and then we have Chris Dobek as Roger Hinckley. Mm-hmm. Nick Rutherford as Lenjamin Kane, which is such a douche name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize to anyone out there who's actually named Lenjamin. Actually, if any of you are named Lenjamin, could you just let us know? Because I, my brain completely disbelieves that that can be a name. And I just want to be disproven. I'm not going to make fun of you. I just want to know, is that your name? <sighs> I've seen some weird names in my life. Look, I've seen... Working customer service, you see some weird names. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? Did your parents hate you? (laughs) So we have also uh, Tate Donovan as Dr. Dr. Von Conway. He was Jimmy Cooper on the OC, but he's been in other stuff. He's been around for a while. Yeah. I mean... Uh, He's also... He's the voice of Hercules. Yes, he is. Disney. Like, for over 20 years. Like, from the movie, through all the video games, the Kingdom Hearts films... Or Kingdom Hearts games, uh, they practically films. They basically might as well be. You know, he's just being constant at it. Do you want to know one of the first things I remember seeing him in? Sure. It's this romantic comedy from the uh, I want to say it was the early '90s with Sandra Bullock called 1992. Love, love Potion Number no, Nine. Yep. Oh my god, yep. I used to love that movie when I was a kid. Yep. I probably I shouldn't have been watching it, but you know. I mean, it could have been worse. It's you're right. It could have. Could have been worse. <laughs> uh, and then, the, so the last person we have is Rebecca Wagner as Jamie. Yes. So the basically the whole thing with Bloodfest is there's this kid Dax, and he's basically like he's every horror fan personified. Yeah. Um, he loves like everything horror. He's got like a pet fish named Karloff, and he. There's this event called Bloodfest where it was basically just like this huge festival that is an ode to horror films. And all things horror. It's like it's on like a 700 acre ranch. There's different sections that are devoted to different types of horror movies. Mm -hmm. It basically is like if you went to an amusement park and instead of, you know, Frontierland and Princessville, it's like. Here's the Scream section. Here's Haddonfield. Here's Zombies. Here's Jigsaw and his whole thing. Yeah. Uh, like, which sounds kind of cool. And as much as, as much as I love horror, I would not go to, I would not go to something like that. Uh, my, my aversion would be the crowd. That's what I'm saying is like, there's so many people at this, at this thing. I do real briefly want to talk about the cold open. So Dax's dad is like a psychiatrist or something. Some sort of doctor. Yeah. Well, he he works at an asylum. Yeah. So he does yeah. say that he works at an asylum. And we've got this cold open where it's Halloween night and it's Dax as a kid and he's watching a copyright free <laughs> horror <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, public domain. That's the, that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was the words. For. And. I love the little conversation that he has with his mom where he asks about why they watch horror movies and her explanation of it being like facing your fears in a safe way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we, we get to process our reactions and fears to things in a controlled and safe environment. Mm-hmm. So at one, they've got popcorn and then she's like, hey, do you want some chocolate milk? And that triggered in my brain... 
this side tangent of, do you remember some of the weird food combinations you would get as a child where people would give you like a beverage and a snack that separately would be fine, but together didn't really make any sense? No. Like chocolate milk and popcorn or apple juice and peanut butter crackers or orange juice and Oreos. I've stayed over at friends' houses where that happened. I don't know about orange juice and Oreos, but uh, I did have uh, some cold tofu burgers and soy milk. What? They were laid out. I thought they were cookies. They were laid out on a tray. I didn't realize they were getting put away. They're like one of those mixes. So, I mean, they were like seasoned and stuff. Right. But I like bit into it and I wanted to be polite because I was staying over. But I'm like, this is the shittiest oatmeal raisin cookie I've ever had in my life. Yeah. But as far as like like someone giving me like a weird combination, no, I, I, I stumbled into weird combinations. No, I remember being at like daycares or in kindergarten and being given a weird snack combination. One of the other ones I remember was juice and those like fried potato sticks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the Andy Caps little, little yeah. fried. Where it's fry like a things. tiny fried. It's like a teeny tiny crispy French fry. Get, yeah. I remember getting some of those and some juice in a Dixie cup. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> do I do I dip it? It's weird. It's one of those things where it seems like they're, they're weird food combinations that you give to a kid, that, but it would never occur to you to give that to an adult. Here, have some rice and whiskey, kid. You, you know what I mean. Well, yeah. Um, you know, broccoli and spam. Actually, that could work. That could work. Um, see, now I'm trying to find combinations. You know what? Actually... We did a weird food combination. Well, this is probably better for the other show, but when we, when we added dark chocolate chips to that uh, uh, Thai peanut, that uh, was Talia with with with, with, with uh, the shrimp. Yeah, it somehow worked. I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about it on the other show. Yeah, no, it just struck me as weird that that you'll give kids a beverage and a food that don't go together, and that's just fine. But you would never put those things together for yourself or give them to an adult. Typically. I mean, maybe that was just their thing. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. But yeah, his mom ends up getting killed and his dad blames horror movies. Because apparently his dad had this patient at the asylum or wherever who was obsessed with horror movies. And that patient came to his home one night and killed his wife. And so he is seen that as causation rather than coincidence or you know if he's at the asylum how is he out of the asylum so i'd blame security and well, if he's his doctor i'd blame his treatment but no no we need to blame something outside of our control well and that's the thing that always drives me absolutely bonkers is you get people that blame horror movie, even in reality yeah like very much so in reality you get people who blame horror movies and video games for violent behavior or m- even music Right, like blaming like heavy metal. Heavy metal or a particular song. There there have been true crime documentaries that I have turned off and episodes of Criminal Minds where I immediately like stopped caring the second they said, Oh, they watch horror movies and they listen to heavy metal. It's oh. like and the the golden trifecta, do they play D and D? Oh, they're your killer. Oh god, yeah. No. It's like I've never <laughs> I have been watching horror movies in one way or another, basically my whole life. Same. I have been playing first person shooter video games since the early 2000s. So probably close to about 20 years. Yeah. Better part of your life. Yeah. I've been, I listen to, you know, I listen to stuff other than metal, but I will occasionally be like, oh, I'm going to listen to some Five Finger Death Punch or... Yeah, or some... Rammstein, or... Drowning pool. Right. Yeah, sure. That doesn't mean I want to... Those things don't make me want to go out and kill people. If anything, I use those as a catharsis. Yeah, to... They're an outlet. (laughs) They're what keep us from doing such things. And, And realistically, when you think about it, humans have been killing each other in sadistically brutal ways long before the inventions of... Horror movies, heavy metal music, video games. Right. So maybe people just are awful sometimes and it just is a thing that happens. Yeah. I don't know. It's something that always bothers me. Something else that bothers me. Yes. A thing that people do in movies that I have never seen or heard anyone do in real life 
referring to their sibling as sis or bro. There's a very special kind of movie that does that. Especially when they're the only people in the room. <sighs> like, who are you saying that for? I ha- actually, okay, so I have said, what's up, sis? Because I didn't know which of my three half-sisters had walked in the room, but I knew one of them was, so it was just easier that way. Right, but like in the context that I'm speaking of, Dax and Jamie are talking to each other, they're facing each other, and she's talking about how Hellfest sounds stupid, and he's like, oh, come on, sis. And I'm like, that line exists purely for exposition. Yeah. To say, by the way, the by reason- By the way, this is his sister. But I mean, they're also, it's it, it's the morning setup, they're in- a, a home and they're like doing breakfasty type getting ready to go to school type things right or school or out and about or whatever i don't think i think he has i think he's graduate he's not in school anymore he's got a job or, but he still yeah. lives at home but but like you know it's it's clearly not someone's just popping into an office setting or something i mean it's it's clearly a home yeah so it's just very odd it's it's something that I don't know. It's like... Like I said, there's a very special type of film that, that has... No, that's what I'm saying. Outside focus. of film, that's not a thing that people really do. Except for your very specific instance in which you have multiple sisters and you didn't see who came into the room. So so just to not be rude, I'm like, what's up, sis? Yeah. Well, that and I'm also... I, I've been known historically as like this silent, stealthy person. I don't <laughs> feel silent or stealthy at all. I have made all three of them jump at different points in, in my life to the point where, like, an Epa lady got thrown across the room because I was just going to ask when we wanted to have lunch. And I didn't realize that my sister was enthralled in using her Epa lady on her leg to torture herself and watching her soaps. It was basically a spring that rips your hairs out. Yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah, gotta love the 80s. Um, but now one of the people at the cafeteria at my work was like, I didn't even hear you come in today so yeah he was like i'm gonna start calling you mr silent shoes i'm like okay that's kind of a long way of saying stealthy but okay yeah so yeah no i that one instance was just me trying not to be rude right precisely that's what i'm saying it's an effort all right so dax's dad is um as i've said previously he's on this yes he's on this whole horror movies are awful they are the cause of everything bad blah 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 and he's giving a uh, some sort of television interview and he wants Dax to be there. And so he finds Dax's Bloodfest ticket and wristband yeah. and cuts him up so he can't go. Like a dick. But luckily Dax knows uh, Ashley is an actress who is uh, on the panel mm-hmm. for, for a movie. So she's able to get him in. So he's not wearing a wristband, but he's able to get in as like a VIP. I love when he calls her. Her ringtone is is from Ruby. It, it's it's one of the. Is it? Yeah. I didn't notice. It's been so long. Uh, I was actually wanting to run it, uh, cue that one part up real quick um, before we start recording, but we can do it later. Okay. I just wanted to identify which song it was because music slams. Yeah, but he gets in, and there is there's Clown Town, there's Tortureville, Fucking clowns. <laughs> Clowns and dolls are your two no things. Mostly clowns. Dolls, okay, dolls that are stationary and not designed to move in any way that move, they can fuck right off. Yeah, that's fair. There's one place called like Hotterton because there's this Jason style slasher slasher series based around this guy called the Arborist. Which if you think about it, Hotterton, Kane Hotter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This really is a love letter to horror fans. It really is. Well, there's like at one point where they're running from some zombies, and Dax says, Well, I didn't see any Snyders or Boyles, referring (laughs) to Zack Snyder and Danny Boyle for Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead and 28 Days Later. So he's like, So they're slow. So they're slow, exactly. So we shoot them in the head, you know, we we beat them in the head, they'll be fine. They don't have guns or anything, but they're like, Take take out their heads. Right. And I mean, the way all of this stuff is put together and done is just so deviously clever, though. Yeah, well, because it turns out that this guy, Anthony Walsh, who's organized this Bloodfest thing, is, from what I can tell, he's like a, a horror director. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of Bloodfest, he comes out and he makes this great big speech about how 
horror movies aren't good anymore because it's become commonplace. Horror has become acceptable and we've kind of dumbed it down and we need to make horror subversive again. Yes. And he's decided that to do this means to make a horror film for real. Essentially, his argument is horror movies aren't scary anymore, so I'm going to make a mass murder snuff film. Yeah. At which point people start getting legit slaughtered. Well, first he has some volunteers and I love how everyone was like, oh shit, did that really happen? And then... And then they're applauding because they're like, they're like, oh, that was a really good effect. Those are some really good effects. That makeup, though, I mean, on the neck. <laughs> and then he's like, you don't, you guys don't get it. You're too... When do too you start numb. filming? Oh, we've already started and you're all in it. And then the guys with pig masks and chainsaws... Oh, God, yeah. ...start ripping people apart. And, they're, and that's when everyone's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and even a few people are like still like trying to live stream from it or they're like... Okay, this is this is all like a big scare. Like, okay, so and then dude gets like split. Down yeah, there's the one guy who's like, it's all fake. It's just special effects. And then gets cut in half. Pretty special effect, huh? Right. He's beside himself at that point. Yeah. So they end up. Uh, Lenjamin quickly gets taken out because he sucks. Well, yeah, and I applauded for it. Yeah. So then we've just got Dax, Sam, and Krill with Ashley. And they're trying to find... Ashley's basically got this special pass that they think they could hack to get out of the park. Had. Well, yeah, because Benjamin takes it from her and then she decides not to tell anybody about it. Well, because she figured there'd be another way. She figured they'd... She assumed they'd figure something else out, which it's entirely possible that they could have. Well, yeah. So, there you... You know. But they also end up running into Roger Hinckley. Mm -hmm. Now, Roger Hinckley is... He's been playing the arborist basically for decades, but he fucking hates it. He doesn't like horror movies. The sight of blood makes him want to puke. And I love he goes into this bit about when he first did the first Arbor Day film mm -hmm. and they wanted to put a mask on him, but he wanted to be big in Hollywood and he wanted to be famous. And he was like, well, how am I going to be famous if nobody can see my face? Yeah. So then he did the first film and there was his face on the screen, and then he couldn't get jobs doing anything else. Which, yeah. yeah, that sucks. But so he's just kind of like this jaded, I do horror because that's the only thing I can do. But I'm really an artist, and once once someone sees my real work... Yeah, because that's the thing, is he wants to be a, a legitimate actor and be taken seriously. In fairness, all horror actors are legitimate actors. Absolutely. And I say all, even the ones where you're like, no, that person couldn't act. No, maybe that was how, their direction. Yeah. I give everybody a chance. Yeah. I love the random Zachary Levi cameo. Oh my God. Well, because it's promoted that uh, one of the areas is karaoke with Zachary Levi. Yeah. Like one night there's karaoke with Zachary Levi. And I'm just like, because honestly, Zachary Levi is like in my top five of hot nerds. Fair. I <laughs> I remember watching this and Ashley is like, oh, Flynn Rider. And she's going on about how great he is in uh, Tangled. And I'm like, ma'am. Because he, he's like, all my friends were just slaughtered in front of me. Right. There, there was blood. I couldn't do anything. Like he's he's verbally trying to process his grief that of, of the violence he just saw in front of him. And he's hearing Barbara Dunkelman actually saying, oh, my God, you were great as Flynn Rider. Smolder. Can you just smolder a little bit? When you smoldered, I got a little humid. And he's just like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> but like, she's talking about Flynn Rider. And I'm like, that is Chuck Bartowski, ma'am. You put some respect on his name. Yeah. But no, as far as like hot nerds, you have in no particular order. There's Zachary Levi, mm -hmm. Raul Coley, mm -hmm. Henry Cavill. Mm -hmm. That's it for now. So of your top five, you have a top three. Those are the t those are the three I can easily think of off the top of my head. Okay, it's not like I have a list written down. Okay, what? Mm, nothing. Fuck off. Okay. I also love movies like this because there's always that film buff kid that is basically us. Yeah, because that's Dax. That is Dax to a point, but there is a part where Dax is totally doubting himself, and he's like, "I don't know what to do." And Sam basically has to shake him and be like, "Look, stop being a bitch." Amongst all of us, you are the one who knows all of the rules. That's me talking to you, where I'm like, look, I don't I don't know all of the rules, because sometimes I look at a rule and I go, that's stupid, and I just forget about it. Yeah. So in this case, you know, 
Sam is like this shining beacon of awesomeness. Badass positivity. Yeah. You know, grounded, saying, hey, we're not breaking up. You, well, you split up in a movie, you're done. And the whole thing with the rules, it actually does end up helping them because um, sp- particularly when they're running from the person who is playing the arborist, who is actually legitimately trying to kill them. Yeah. He's kind of, because he's seen the film so many times and he knows so much of the backstory and also like has his own, you know, headcanon for certain things. Mm-hmm. He's able to get Hinkley to basically play a new part to kind of calm things down for a moment. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. It's, it's very clever. And he tells after they get out of there, Hinkley tells Dax, you know, you're a great director. This is some of the best direction I've ever been given. Right. And I'm just like that. This, he should, that this is the kind of kid who should go on to be a horror writer and director. Oh, hell yeah. This, he's the kind of person that I would trust if they're like, hey, we're going to reboot a franchise or do like a legacy film, mm-hmm. I would totally trust him to do it. Because they're the person that goes, I know all the rules. I'm not going to break any of the rules except one. There is one I'm going to break. But that's because everyone for the past 35 years has said, why is that a rule? Right. I'm but- going to explain why it's a rule and then we're going to smash it on the ground together and then celebrate in horror. You need someone, though, that's going to respect where what where they're coming from. Right. Um. So it does turn out that uh, Walsh has a silent partner mm-hmm. in this whole Bloodfest thing. And it's Dax's dad. Yeah. Who has basically not only turned Jamie into a weapon, but is also... <laughs> Emotionally dead yeah, weapon. Yeah. But he essentially is using this to justify his claims that people that watch horror movies go on to commit violent acts. And one of his arguments is uh, they'll never make another horror movie, not after tonight. And I'm like, bitch, that would not stop us. No. Like, it just wouldn't. Because his whole thing was, oh, I'll get all the actors and all the directors and everything into one place, and then I'll kill them all, and then no more. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really work, though, because you're definitely going to miss a lot of people. Yeah. Like, because like we said earlier, you and I, we would not go to something like this. No, I, there's a lot of people, a lot of horror fans that I know are introverts or avoid large groups of people. Or... Right. We don't like to go to things very often. I mean, if I'm going to pay that, however, however much one entrance to that would be just to get a shitty t-shirt at the end of the night no right i think i think i would uh probably drop the extra 30 bucks to get one online about three months later well like how much money do you think they spent putting all this together because oh, the, the, all the events and stuff because the ranch alone is it's a 700 anchor ranch oh millions of dollars easily like because dax's dad says oh this was years in the planning and it's like why like what for what get a new hobby man I like you. Try woodworking. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know what he could have do done it. with years of work? Mm-hmm. He could have made a boat. I'm like, he writes books and articles about how horror movies are ruining people. And it's like, but then he goes around like a lot of the psychopaths, the people that he ha- that are in the park doing the killing are people that they manufactured to do this. Yeah, he programmed them to do this. Yeah, Walsh is basically explaining to one of the people in the control room You know, if you put a person, if you make a a person who's already not mentally stable, if you have them watch the exact same movie over and over and over again, eventually their personality will go away and they will take on the personality of the killer in the film. By the way, that's not how that works. Which is not, right, like, what's to stop them from taking on the personality of the final girl or some other character? Or just retaining their personality and being like, I don't know, I'm bored to death. This is the same movie I've watched for 20 years and uh, right. I'm totally over it. I don't know. It just seems like this guy spent a lot of time and money and unethical experimentation to prove a point that nobody was asking him to prove. The manufactured vampires, though, was pretty clever. That was neat. That was really neat. Um, especially since, like... Um, Krill runs into this group of like dude bros and these 
like the second he walks down, like vampires, yeah, like, like, sexy like, vampires. Like there was there was not a second of hesitation in any. But that's it wasn't meant to surprise me. I don't think it was. No, these are vampires. Obviously, what are you doing, man? Yeah, and he's like, hey, have you seen? Yeah. Ha- People are dying. We need to get out of here. You guys can't. Why are you guys just partying? You can't. What are you doing? And and this one vampire, she walks up to him and and she's like talking to him and. And, and he's like, how, how would you make vampires? And she explains it all to him and stuff. And he's like, kind of getting turned on. But at the same time, he's just like, look, I gotta, I gotta go find my friends. Um, you guys be safe. And he just like leaves. Right. And she just lets him. <laughs> because she's like, go run. You're too pure for this world. Yeah. I like, it's impressive, but also the, the highly unethical things that, that had oh, to yeah. happen. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, lots of lots of horrible things had to happen for that. Again, to, happen, to prove a point that no one was asking him to prove, because the people that believe, like firmly believe that horror movies cause violent behavior, they are going to believe that regardless of what counterpoint proof you put in front of them. Yeah, there it's it's a very specific, you know, usually like conservative religious person that believes that kind of thing. So you that you don't need to prove it because they already believe it and any efforts to disprove it are going to be met with disbelief you know what i mean yeah all in all i will say it is a very good movie oh hell yeah if you're not a fan of gore maybe don't (laughs) but if you're fine with that then go for it there's just fun little references to various movies there's like an evil nun at one point there's there's a puppet on a tricycle. It's fun. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And like I said, it's currently free, so like, why not? I it I really feel like, especially during Spooky Month, it is a love letter to horror fans mm-hmm. around the world, or, or at least it's it's very me- it's very meta. Yeah, it's a horror fans horror film mm-hmm. in the same way that Cabin in the Woods and oh, yeah. The Final Girls. Mm-hmm. and and scream are like horror fan horror films absolutely yeah so what's next so next is hellfest Ooh, yes directed by gregory plotkin screenplay we have a couple people seth m sherwood blair butler and akila cooper okay the cast we have amy forsyth as natalie mm-hmm. she is as far as i know this show is still currently going on the gilded age okay she plays caroline Rain Edwards is Brooke. She plays Rachel on The Wilds, hmm. which is another show that, as far as I know, is still going. Bex Taylor Klaus is Taylor Ann Smythe. They are uh, Audrey on Scream, the television Scream. show. Yes, Scream. Christian James is Quinn. He was Wade on All American. Hmm. Matt Mercurio is Asher. He's done a lot of TV work, just like okay. various episodes here and there. Robbie Atoll is Gavin. Tony Todd. Mm. King of. <sighs> King of Horror, or one of the kings of horror, in yeah, my opinion. One of, one of. They bring him out in like, what is that called? Where you're in a chair that's being like carried by people. I don't know. There's a specific word for it, but they bring him out in that at one point, and I'm just like, my liege. And then we have Stephen Conroy as the other. He is. He's done a lot of stunt work. He's actually currently doing stunt choreography and coordination for Black Adam. But he's also done stunt work for Stranger Things, The Walking Dead, various other things. Palanquin. Palanquin. Thank you. It's not a word I use in modern parlance very often. I'm sure it's not a word a lot of people use in modern parlance very often. I'm also sure not a whole lot of people use the word parlance. Mm, Indubitably. There's so many, several $5 words. Are they $5? (laughs) They've gone up in price. All right. So we have another. This movie is quite similar to Bloodfest. It's basically just done at a much smaller scale. Mm, Rather than having a group of kids at an amusement park where most of the staff is trying to kill them, there's just one person who's trying to kill them. Yes. Because essentially, apparently, this guy's whole deal, the killer is only ever just called the other. And I guess what he does is every few years, he'll go to one of these like pop-up Halloween haunted attraction things. With like different sections and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll, he has a mask on and he'll kill somebody Mm -hmm. and leaves their body there. 
Because they make a mention, there's a cold open where he does it at, say, a community haunted house mm-hmm. in Orange Orange Grove. Yeah, Orange Grove. Orange Grove, yeah. Which could be in, like, 12 different states. Right. And it took him, like, three days to find her body because he had hung it up in the haunted house and everybody just thought it was a prop. Yeah, until she started smelling. Right. They, they were like, that's part of the decoration, what? Right. So, apparently... That was like several years prior to this film. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I don't know if, apparently it's not enough of a compulsion he needs to do it every year. Right. Either that or that's the one that he did that was in close enough proximity to this that, that they, they heard made, about Yeah, it. that they heard about it or made a connection to it or something, yeah. Right. Um, so first of all, Bear McCreary does the score and literally... Hell yeah, he does. And literally the second I saw his name come up in the credits... I was like, oh, Bear, the score is going to be great. I got a warm feeling in my heart. His, I just love his stuff. It's so good. Yeah. I also love Bex. Oh, hell yeah. They are like, they're they're non-binary, so I can't call them like my queen, but I just love their whole aesthetic. They are my vibe. And their whole vibe. Yes. I love the, I loved them in, in Scream. I love them in this. Mm-hmm. I will watch literally anything that they that they are in. Yeah. So Natalie comes back from college. Yes. And she is going to go with Brooke and Taylor to this Hellfest thing. It's like this traveling horror experience. And there they are going to meet uh, Brooke's boyfriend is Quinn. Mm-hmm. Taylor's boyfriend is Asher. And then there's this guy, Gavin, that Natalie has a crush on. And since this sold out, like, immediately, as soon as tickets went on sale, Gavin apparently has an in and was able to get everybody. Was able to get him VIP. VIP. Yeah. So, and Gavin is uh, apparently a a heartthrob for... Uh, so he's cute in that lanky nerd kind of way that I yeah. would have been very into in college. Yeah, he's got a, you know, a cheekbones, he's, he's got curly, the like hair. The, the, the curly hair that looks like it would be really soft. But like, but like, not not like super curly. Just kind of like it's just there. It's Tall, just, lanky frame. Yeah, yeah. Kind of sweet. Know. Yeah, he's he makes an effort. You'd like him. Just try it on. Just he's try not a douchebag. That's the thing. It doesn't appear to be, but he no. very well could turn into one in a week. Well, we don't get to know that, do we? No, we don't. So asshole gets smashed at the party. I mean, come on. We'll get to that. Yeah, I would. So Hellfest, I would actually maybe go to. I wouldn't go to because it seems like the uh, there's lot a lot less crowds. Mm. I would not go to the Deadlands. No, no, absolutely um, not. Because the, there's various sections of the park. There's one section called the Deadlands that you have to sign a waiver to go there. Because people can touch you. Because not well, apparently not only can they touch you, they can get fake blood and shit on you, and it's fine. Yeah, or pick you up and run away with you. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm like. Absolutely not. Anything that I have to sign a waiver to do is not, I'm not doing it. I mean, unless it's like more of a contract, like if you want to put us in a film or something, I'm down for that. That's, there's a big difference between this and that. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there, you know, just in case. But yeah, uh, Hellfest seems to be much more reasonable when it comes to like crowds and stuff. I also like the sign that said, uh, no one under the age of 16 or 15. Yes. Because uh, we don't need nine-year-olds. I mean, no offense to the children. No it's offense just... to children, but there are some places that are sh- meant for older older teenagers and adults. Honestly, as looking at the dance floor that they had in that first opening area, mm-hmm. where it looked like a glow-like Gropeville, yeah. I would say maybe like 18 plus or 21 plus would probably be safer for a liability if, reason. If I was going to do something like this, if I was going to put together uh, this kind of attraction, it would definitely be 18 or over. I mean, they were serving alcohol, so... Well, I'm sure to get into the place where they had shots, you had to... Yeah, but when you're if you're drunk 23-year-old, do you really want to have a bunch of 15, 16, 17-year-olds... That is true. ...running around? I don't. Right, that is true. That is also true. Again, no offense to the younger folks. We love your demographic. You're awesome. Yeah, we love you. It, it's just this. That it's would, more of a safety thing for. We're watching out for you. Do you really want 15 year old girls around drunk 23 year old men? Probably not. Yeah, no. There you go. Exactly. Uh, well, I don't want them around sober 23 year old men either. Well, 
Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate that none of the girls are wearing heels. Smart, practical footwear. I'm so I'm so tired of of horror movie things where all the girls are basically wearing stilettos. But like the only person Natalie is wearing like sneakers. So is Brooke. The only one who's wearing anything else other than that kind of practical footwear. Like Taylor is wearing like combat boots. Yeah. Which I'm like, yeah, that's still practical. Practical footwear. Right. In an amusement park like environment, you don't where you might be running, running or you know what? Maybe your feet get wet. Right. You know, so then you'd never get to dry them because the dryers are like six, six, ten feet off the ground. Yeah, the hand dryers when Natalie goes into the bathroom are like tall enough that they're about a half a foot above her head. Yeah, like high five it to turn it on. Yeah, which I doesn't make any sense to me. But then again, we were at the grocery store earlier today and <laughs> the toilet paper dispenser in the stall is a foot above the ground. That also doesn't make any sense to me. So what do I what do I know? I don't know. Um. So let's talk about the kills. Yeah. Oh. So first is the lovely Gavin, who isn't really athletically inclined. So he's the only one of the guys who's not able to get his girl a toy from like the... I don't know. I I wouldn't even say it's a feat of athletics as much as it is skill and chance, the way those games are set up, those carny games. Right. But you know what I mean? There's a certain amount of hand-eye coordination and technique and stuff involved. So he, while everybody else goes to get in line to go to the Deadlands, first he tries to get the the guy at the stand to just give him one. He's like, I spent $50 here. Just give me one. And the guy's like, mm, I can't do that. I'd get fired. Yeah. So then he accidentally finds where some of the toys are kept in storage. Yeah, yeah like the third or fourth locker he tries. Right. And the other follows him in because the other has already been following them. Yep. It kind of picked out Natalie. And has been being he's been being kind of intimidating he stole um gavin and natalie went into a photo booth and the others took their pictures um like from the photo booth he didn't like, like he sit. stole them yeah, he, yeah. Didn't, he, he wasn't in the photo booth with them going say cheese no it was it's one of those automated photo booths that spits out like a four or five pictures yeah so he encounters gavin and hits him in the throat and then smashes his head with one of those uh strength, strength tester mallets, mallets. yeah yeah the thing where you go and it goes ding yeah the death that i absolutely did not need uh was asher's mm. and i forgot about it because i've only seen this movie once and i think it's been like two years yeah it, this should go on my yearly rotation honestly absolutely it probably will now i think both of these should i kind so i kind of forgot about the whole thing with the syringe and the eyeball mm-hmm. and i distinctly <laughs> Remember, I'm taking notes on my phone and we're getting to that part. And I just put my phone down and I'm like, no, why? Why with the eyeballs? And I just have like a hand up covering because I don't do eyeball stuff. And I'm just hearing things. And finally, I'm at, I asked David, I was like, can I look again? Am I safe now? Which means anything she's uncomfortable with, I have to be comfortable with. You that have never expressed that you are uncomfortable with eye things. I'm not. I'm not uncomfortable with it. There you go. There's very little that I make that I have you. Yeah. Body horror, stuff with eyes. That's it. There are a few other things, but I don't want to trigger issues. They're part of the body horror. Okay. That's part of the body horror. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about it. It's okay. I love you. I mean, that's what I do for you. No, it's the and funny. And you love what I do for you, Toyota. What? What? I don't know. Moving on. Although it is funny, uh, I distinctly remember saying that uh, the first time I ever watched The Thing, mom watched it with me because she said she'd seen it before and would, uh, whenever I had to cover my eyes because the body horror became too much, she would tell me when it was okay to look again. Uh, Apparently it had been long enough since she'd seen it that she kind of forgot about how, like, how rough it was. Mm. And so now she's like, I never need to watch that movie again. I'm like... I figured it out. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> I figured it out. Figured what out? Why I don't cover my ass for anything. Why? Because people used to do it to me. Oh. And I felt like I was being robbed of the experience. And the last time someone covered my eyes was actually one of my mom's co-workers who took me to see Total Recall. Oh, like when an adult thinks a kid shouldn't see something, so they cover their face? I was a sixth grader. That doesn't surprise me. Look, I didn't want her touching my face. Plus, how was she going to know that three boobs were going to come out of that? 
It's just, they're just boobs. It's their, yeah, they're just boobs and one of them is And one of them is clearly fake. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway. Finding out which one. It's the middle one. Sure. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I checked that movie off of my I've never seen it list and now I never need to watch it again because it's not a good movie. Eh. It's not. It's not. Sorry. I don't think it's a good movie. I'm trying not to speak in absolutes absolutes like that we're saying like this is bad because there are people that like it and that's not fair i enjoy it okay well you are welcome to it thank you so one other thing i do really like about this so many times when someone sees something weird or or that they think is menacing and they tell their friends about it their friends discount their feelings like almost to the point of like gaslighting Mm mm-hmm and I, I love that Natalie's friends don't do that. Right. Like, initially, when she's like, oh, there's this guy who's following us, they're like, well, yeah, that's what they're paid to do. They're, they're scare actors. He's just doing his job. But then going and, from section to section seems kind of odd because everybody's got their own sections. Right. Well, and then they get to um, the Deadlands, and the, the guy that's been following them is wearing the same mask as... A bunch of other people that work in the Deadlands. Yeah, like 18 other people. Right. And so they're just like, oh, that's why it felt like you were seeing the same guy. It was actually different people. They were just wearing the same outfit. That's fine. But then the second they realize that it's that shit is real, they believe her. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's a little too late, but still. Right. But like the instant that they realize that something actually is going on, Gavin and Brooke are like 100% on her side. Oh, yeah trying to convince the security guards she's not making it up this is really something that's happening because uh when they're in the deadlands taylor volunteers to be the sacrifice to open the gates of hell right which is this whole bit that tony todd does it's a great interaction between the two of them it is it's great it's it's so great i would love those two to do more things i would love a movie where it's like he's a serial killer and she's a protege Mm-hmm. Or like a competing serial killer. It's like, you took my you took my kill. Some, that was my I, mark. I just think it would be really cool. Anything as long as it gets them able to banter again. Oh my God. Because their banter is so great. Yeah. So Taylor is kind of put into this, you know, guillotine thing. And Natalie notices that the shoes of the executioner match the shoes of the guy who was terrorizing her in the bathroom and like right. grabbed her hair. And like, it's the guy. Yeah, it, it's him. It's clearly him. So, yeah, she tries to get Taylor out. But, like, Taylor runs off, is able to get away, and unfortunately gets sliced and diced by the other. And because of the nature of the park, everybody thinks it's fake. That was a nice double kill, too. Yeah, because then Gavin comes up and grabs him, and he just turns around and just, like, stabs Gavin. Was it Gavin? It was Gavin. Because at this point, Ash... Sorry, not Gavin. uh, Quinn. Quinn, yeah. Because... Gavin's already dead. Because at that point, Gavin and Asher are already dead. Gavin's already listening to Smash Mouth. Dude, Gavin... Okay, so the other takes Gavin's phone Mm -hmm. and uses his thumbprint to unlock it before leaving the body. And I'm just like, shit like that is why I do not and will never do face ID or fingerprint for any unlocking of any device that I have password two passwords if i can because all that he has to all like again all he has to do to be able to fuck with natalie for the rest of the night until he's ready to kill her is a swipe of a thumbprint of someone who's already fucking dead if i'm already fucking dead you can't get my password oh so he's got to go you know lower tech than than before do what if he doesn't have access to the phone he's got to go lower tech like right 90s Right, because well, he's texting her like he's yeah, like he's Gavin for right. a while. But yeah, I just oh, that was kind of bone chilling when she texts Gavin, and you can hear the the chime in the ladies' room where she is. Yeah, yeah. Which if you're gonna, not that I'm giving tips to criminals, but if you are going to take somebody else's phone to fuck with their friend, the first thing you should do is turn the ringer off. Yeah, not not vibrate completely silence yeah it amazes me the number not advice of people, yeah not advice it also amazes me the number of people in movies that actually have their ringer on oh yeah because i so rarely do i usually have i almost always have my phone on vibrate yeah i 
I have no idea what my ringer sounds like. I've come a long way from the assigning everyone their own ringtone. I don't want any sounds alerting me. I want a, I want a subtle vibration that says, hey, something's happening. Okay, that's nice. Or, oh, hey, I need to take this. The only time that does not work to your advantage is when you can't find your phone. Fair. Because then you can't be like, hey, can you call my phone? Well, then you just got to walk around looking for a vibrator. Or listening for a vibrator. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> it's not my phone, but we can pass the time. Oh, God. That just reminds me so much of an AppFab bit. Reminds me of Parenthood. Oh, gosh. Oh, God, where he's looking for the flashlight? Yeah. Yes. Well, which AppFab bit? No, there's an episode of Absolutely Fabulous where Edie has a pager that is on vibrate, and she gives it to Patsy to, to hang on to. Mm-hmm. And at one point, she asks Patsy for it back, and she, like, they're in a car, they're sitting, and she, like, reaches into her skirt and, like, pulls it out so... Th- Basically, it was it was on vibrate and she had it up her hoo-ha. Or maybe just in the liner. I don't, I don't know. Patsy doesn't strike me as the kind of person who wears underwear. Ah, uh, fair. Good point. <laughs> Moving on. This is not an absolutely fabulous podcast. I mean, it is absolutely it is, fabulous. It is. But it has nothing to do with the British comedy show. Anyway, so I have a, a little bit of a quibble. Mm. So once the staff at the park realize that shit actually is going down... They're like, due to unforeseen circumstances, we're closing immediately, find your nearest exit. But they don't turn on all the lights, which I would think that would be the first thing you do. Like the second you realize that someone is actually killing people and you need to get the cops there ASAP, all of the lights should go on. But for some reason, they don't. And I just think that's weird. Of course, to them having everybody exit and announcing it, they also ask the killer to leave through the nearest exit. Well, he doesn't, though, because his whole thing is getting to his final quarry. Because he's killed her friends to fuck with her, and now he has to get her. So, Brooke has been sliced in the leg, and she and Natalie are trying to get out of this, the final maze, which is called, it's actually called, like, Portal to Hell or something like yeah. that. And Natalie ends up stabbing the other, and she and Brooke get to the exit, and then that's when the cops come in, and all the lights come on. Yeah. And that, that was the point where I was like, why didn't you turn on the lights sooner? That seems weird. But anyway, so the police go in the, to where they say that the guy was and he's gone. There's just a pile. There's just a puddle of blood. Yes. I thought I said pile of blood. Like it's <laughs> like, it's just a pile of blood. Yeah. No, like, that's not how blood do. Like, like, like out of a toothpaste tube or something. Right. No, that's not how blood works. So then we get this like snippet of a news report about how there, you know, four bodies have been found so far and the suspect got away and they don't know who he is and blah, 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 blah. And we see this van pulling up to this really nice suburban house. And based on the humming, it's clear that this is the other and he's going home and he puts a mask and the pictures from Natalie and Gavin in like this locked trophy case thing he's got in his garage with other masks in it and other other masks and other little little tidbits yeah and there's a little girl and she's like oh daddy you're home and he gives her a doll the doll that he stole off of um taylor taylor and i'm just like i'm watching this and i'm like what does this guy do for a living and does he also does he just not care about forensics because he's not wearing gloves Mm mm-hmm Bled all over the he place. He bled all over the place, so they have his DNA now. All that needs to happen is for him to have a blood relative do like a 23 and me. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, that's how they caught the Golden State Killer. Yeah. Like, people do these ancestry DNA things, and then it links up with shit. Also, he got stabbed in the guts. Did he just not go to the ER? He probably took some Pepto and went about his business. You don't take Pepto for getting stabbed in the guts. Right. You can't just... This is not my big fat Greek wedding. You cannot just spray some Windex on it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like, you can't... That is not a... That is not a wound you can walk off. Right. That's not a... That's not a duct tape and a Kleenex sort of situation. That's... You You need... You need medical attention. Like, my only thinking could... Is that maybe he, like, double backed to his car, put the mask away, and then came back around and pretended to be a victim long enough to get treatment. Ooh. That's the only thing I can think is because he's wearing a mask the whole time. Right. I mean, it's possible. Because at this point, we know you have mass mass hysteria. And, well, and a lot of people in like costumes and, and various 
sorts of spooky dress, so... Like, oh, all we'd have to go is be like, oh, the guy stabbed at me and I ran. Mm. That's, it wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Fair. Because getting stabbed in the, in the stomach is not... No. It's not fun times. That's not a, that's not a good, good thing. This is another movie that I like very much. And again, it's probably going to end up going on. Um, there are those movies that I watch every year around this time. Mm-hmm. Halloween is one, definitely. Yeah. And uh, Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. I think Bloodfest and Hellfest are both going to go on that oh, list. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just because they're, they're just so fun. And they're season appropriate. They are, very much so. I mean, people watch the same Christmas movies every year. Why can't we watch this? Right, exactly. precisely. I'm not, I'm not justifying it to you. You're justifying it to me. Well, and the fun thing is, what? because this is such a such a great topic, there are other films that do like a similar The Haunted House is Real mm-hmm. type thing that we could actually do this topic again next year. Yeah. Because there, there's Haunt, there's Hell House LLC. Yeah. There's the Houses October Belt, which I would prefer not to watch again because I didn't care for it. But maybe revisiting it will feel differently. Who knows? Yes. Yeah, you know. There have been plenty of times where I've watched a movie and I was like, I'm really not into this. And then I watch it again and I'm like, okay, I get it now. I mean, sometimes something as simple as indigestion can make you not like a movie. Yeah. Like or, you're feeling a particular way and you're just yeah. like, I'm just not into this. You're, maybe, in a, you're in a funk. You're in like a bad mood. Or you're watching it with a group of people and they're annoying you and so the movie's annoying you, but really the movie's awesome. Right. And it was your friends that were the problem the whole time. See, I've had the opposite with a film. So Anchorman, Mm -hmm. the first time I watched that, I was alone and I didn't really get it. The second time I watched it, I was with a group of my theater friends from college Mm. and watching that movie with a group, especially a group of people that enjoy the film because they saw it and they liked it causes you to look at it differently kind of enhance the flavor right exactly so i think that's going to do it for us for this week indeed we have one more episode left in spooky month mm-hmm. and you have a recommendation for this week for mm-hmm. another horror adjacent content creator to check out yeah one i want to promote is uh, lazy masquerade on youtube they do both stories and true terrifying tales as as well as like things that people have just written uh, voice is super soothing, which is kind of a weird mixture. If you think about it, it's like, I want to listen to a really soothing voice. Tell me about, you know, something spoopy happening in the dark, but it just kind of works. And so, yeah, check them out if you get a chance. Yeah. And for anybody who likes to read, I do have, I have a book recommendation. Oh. So if you're looking for something that is... I, we mentioned a couple times this episode about things being like the horror fans horror film. Mm. This is the horror fans book. Is it what I think it is? So it's the Final Girl Support Group. Yes. By Grady Hendrix. It is. Uh, I really enjoy this book. I'm excited because it's being adapted into, I think, a television show. Okay. So it is basically about this group of women who survived like horrific massacres and every single one, like it's very clearly based off of like scenarios that we're familiar with. So there's a girl who survived a Friday the 13th type situation, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Scream. Right. There's one, there's one girl who's basically like Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street and they don't really take her super seriously. Actually, the one they really don't take seriously is the narrator, and that's Lynette, mm. because she survived the, uh, which basically ends up being like a Silent Night, Deadly Night type okay. thing. And so they formed this support group because all of these girls, their their experience kind of had a lasting impact on their lives and how they went into adulthood. And um, at one point, one of them is found murdered. And it's basically Lynette trying to figure out who is doing it Hmm. and it's it's so it's so fucking good i highly recommend it i don't want to spoil anything else Mm -hmm. i haven't really spoiled anything but it's cute because like the characters the names like are similar to names of the actresses that like played these roles okay like lynette is like linnea quigley Okay. The girl who faced the dream killer, her name is Heather. Okay. For Heather Langenkamp. Yeah. Marilyn is the name of the girl who survived the Texas Chainsaw Massacre like type thing. Right. Okay. It's very it's very neat. And it definitely is that thing that if you have been a fan of 
horror films and particularly the slasher genre for a while, there's like those neat little in things that you might not get otherwise. Mm. So I highly recommend it. Cool. Maybe I'll have another book for next time. I don't know. So as always, you can find us on our website. We are h2horrorcast.com. There are uh, links to our Facebook and our Twitter. Currently on Twitter, we are doing our 31 Days of Horror recommendations, Mm -hmm. which reminds me I need to schedule some more of those. We'll get on that. There's also a link to our Patreon. We are patreon.com slash h2horrorcast. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. That goes towards um, basically helping us produce more content. Yeah, pay for things that we need to continue to make this show. Because pretty much, for the most part, a lot of it comes out of our own pocket. But we do it because we love it. Yeah, we love it. And we love you to love it. But if you want to help us out, that'd be awesome. Yeah. You can also support us by rating and reviewing on platforms where that is an option. Yep. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, what have you. All the ones that have it. You know the app you listen to us on, so if If it has it and you haven't done it, please please do. do so. Yeah. I hope everyone is having a good and safe spooky month. Yeah, should be. All right. Theory. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Tia. And I'm still David. And stay spooky, friends. Bye. Music for this episode is Save Us Now by Shane Ivers. Our artwork is by Catherine Nixon. <laughs>